everybody out there. Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. It is Tuesday, April 2nd. Welcome to the month of April, everybody. Um, today we are on John 19. Uh, my name is Brent Smith. Uh, in case you haven't listened before, I am, I don't know, your host, I guess. He's the man. <laughs> um, today I'm joined by Michael Miller, as always. What's up, guys? Um, and then we have a special guest today, Mr. Bill Tackett. Hey, family. Bill has joined us a few times on the podcast. Uh, it's been a while since he's joined us, um, but he's here today. We're going to spend a little bit of time songwriting later after this, um, so we figured we'd make a day of it. So we're happy, Bill, that you could be here with us, yeah. so thank you for being here. Glad to be back. So um, what's been going on, guys? Just figure I'll check in with you real quick. It's been a couple <laughs> episodes since we've kind of caught up on the life of... Yeah, I'm, I'm teaching Chinese kids still. Still? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I... I it, it was interesting today. I have one of my uh, smartest students that I teach today, and uh, and it's it's kind of fun when I get to actually have conversation with these kids more than just teaching them English. I get a chance to hear, you know, hear their stories and and kind of hear their lives. And to be honest with you, being an American, I feel very blessed because these kids. I've had several students this week tell me, you know, like because I always start you know my class with, so what did you do this week? And they're taking testing this week, and they're like. Well, I, I, I woke up, I went to school, I studied, I went to bed, I woke up, I studied, you know, <laughs> and, and it's really, it's really sad that, that, that their lives are, are, are like this and, mm-hmm. and it, and it, uh, it saddens me a little bit, you know, but, but at the same time, I'm very thankful for where I live and, and how my children get to be raised and that they get to play soccer and they get to, uh, you know, play baseball and go to Cub Scouts and have fun, you know, so. Yeah. So do they get a summertime over there? I mean, I know that it would probably be. Well, I know as far as tutoring, I know as far as tutoring is concerned, they don't because they they rock right through with me, you know. Through you know, so I'm not really sure about their their school. I do know I learned something this week about them though that uh, family average each family averages spending forty percent of their forty percent of their income on education. Wow. Success in education is like super important to them. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very driven culture. Yes. I know that much. I know a fair amount about it for my uh my wife's cousin and his wife and kids. They lived over there for two years. We're really close with them. So um they filled us in a lot, but it's a definitely very yeah. very um driven culture, very um honor based yes. culture. Yes. So uh yeah. So Bill, what have you been up to, man? Well, my kids are on spring break this week. So um you know, I've been trying to uh, peel them away from the, the PS4 and the iPads, you know, looking <laughs> forward to enjoying some of this uh, nice warm weather out. Maybe get to do some fishing. Uh, Phil Nelson, holla at your boy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Cool. We, uh, yesterday, I, I, my kids are on spring break and my wife as well because my wife's a teacher. Uh, so yesterday we were able to go um, take care of a couple things get some haircuts and stuff, do some regular things. But we also took the kids to Top Golf for the first time uh, yesterday. So if you don't know what Top Golf is, it's basically like a big multi-level outdoor driving range, but it's also built in with games and stuff like that that you can ch- uh, play. So um, we went and did that. So that was pretty fun, teaching both my kids how to swing a golf <laughs> club for the first time and, and do all that kind of stuff. Bill so and I time. get haircuts almost every day. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> got to keep Almost it shiny. Day, huh? oh, uh, yeah, I, I just got a haircut right before I came in. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah, I realized when I was saying that, I saw you looking around. I'm the only person with hair on top of my head in this place right now. <laughs> sorry. Sorry if that was... We love you anyway. <laughs> it's all good. If, if, if you're bald, you're in good company as you listen. 
you know, because we're, we're right there with you. Right. <laughs> so uh, just real quick, usually um, you guys know if you're listeners that usually uh, Pastor Daniel joins us. Um, he actually ended up having a meeting today kind of farther away from where we are, too close to the time of recording um, to be able to make it today. So he will not be here today joining us. And then Jerry Cook that joined us two weeks ago, um, our good friend that um, basically lives a life on mission in Africa. Mm-hmm who's home right now. Um, she was going to join us today too, but, uh, one, um, it was her birthday just a few days ago. So we want to wish her a happy birthday. Uh, but also we might try to get her before she has to go back to Malawi. We might try to get her in here, uh, once or twice over the next couple of weeks. So she may be joining us again, but today she was not able to make it. So it's the three of us here today and we are going to get into John 19. As I mm-hmm. said at the beginning of the episode, um, does anybody want to do any setup on John 19 before sure. we get into it? Um, Normally, I run through like the last couple chapters and stuff, but I want to take a bigger perspective today. You know, we've this is this is the conclusion, right? We've we've been through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and we're we're at the tail end of John, and and so we've seen this perspective, you know, of Jesus and what he means to the Jews, what he means to the Gentiles. We we've seen a doctor's opinion, you know, and now here we've seen. You know Jesus through the, through the lens of a very very good friend in John, right? Mm-hmm. The, the disciple who Jesus loved, and and as we as we look at these stories, uh, this time before we get to this this chapter nineteen, as you listen to the reading, what I want you to picture is being a disciple. At this point, if you've been following us, you've been going along with this chapter a day, you've been hearing this story of Jesus, right? And I want you to picture it as a disciple right now, maybe. You're expecting this Messiah because, I mean, you're seeing all this proof in the scripture right now, right? You're seeing all these things and you're pretty well sold that Jesus is the Messiah. And and as a Jew, you've gone through this thing, right? And you've like, man, this guy's going to be a king. This guy's going to sit on a throne. This guy's going to overcome the world, right? And and, and I'm going to sit next to his side. I'm going to be I'm going to be a governor in Rome under King Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And you're expecting all these great things. But then Jesus gets arrested and you're shattered. Now, sure, Jesus said over and over and over again that this would happen. But you're like, yeah, whatever, Jesus. I know you're going to be the king, right? And, and since Jesus likes to speak in parable and metaphor a lot, a lot of these guys, they didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And we see that all the way up to the end. And in, in, in chapter 18, right before this, the, the last thing we read before this, is he's still, t- still telling them, my kingdom is not of this world. Mm-hmm. They are still not getting it. Yeah. So as we dive into chapter 19, I want you to ponder that. You are expecting King Jesus to sit on this Roman throne. You're expecting that, that he's going to gain an army and they're going to take over, right? And, and that he's going to be the king of the world, the Messiah, mm-hmm. right? And then we read chapter 19. Yeah. And, and I doing a little bit of prep for today, I... Um, I listen to the Bible Project that we talk about a lot on here, and they give a lot of really great insight. Um, they bring up things that I'd never considered before, never heard before. Um, one of the things that they brought up that I thought was really interesting, on the last uh, episode, we actually talked a little bit about Lazarus and, and Jesus' yeah. love for Lazarus. Um, I didn't realize before that Jesus really put himself in this peril, which he knew he was supposed to do anyway, but by coming so close to the city to bring Lazarus back from the dead. They brought up the fact that he had to come so close to the city 
than entering the city that he right. really brought himself to this peril um, instead of staying away and staying safe. And I thought, man, that, that just drives home even more how much he really loved Lazarus to come Absolutely. and put himself in that situation. So, um, yeah. So uh, once again, if you guys don't ever listen to it uh, in, in tandem with what we do here, in tandem with your daily uh, reading schedule, whether you listen to this podcast or not, um, tell other people to check out the Bible Project. It's an awesome, oh, awesome yeah. resource that we're always talking about on here. Um, and as I said, it really gives you great insight and more of a deeper understanding about where each one of these books came from, where each author was coming from as they wrote this, kind of what their purpose was in writing it, what they were trying to kind of drive home to the reader uh, for future generations to come about who Jesus was and about what happened and everything. So, yeah. um, all right. So anyway, let's go ahead and get into our reading of John 19 today. Uh, this is from the Dwell app. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold, the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement and an Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold, your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and he went out, bearing his own cross, to the place called the Place of a Skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, 
Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but rather, This man said, I am King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, They will look on him whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, 
and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. All right, so we are back. That was John 19 from the Dwell app. Um, as always, is there anything that you guys would like to touch on first? I know that this is a really heavy yeah. heavy chapter um, that we're into today, obviously a very important one, um, and there's, there's a lot to discuss, but it's also um, pretty heavy. So uh, where would you guys like to take us first? Man, uh, verse 1. <laughs> we skip over some of these things. Then Pilate took Jesus... And flogged him. Mm-hmm. Now, again, like I said, as we set this thing up, you're expecting King Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. This Roman, you know, governor, this, this, he's like an underling. Like, he, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He takes King Jesus and, and has him flogged. Mm-hmm. How, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. Right? If you're Peter and you're seeing this, what? <laughs> yeah. Right? How, how in the world? And, and as a Christian today, we're so used to hearing this story, Brent. We're so used to hearing this. We hear this every year. We celebrate this, these things in Good Friday and in Easter. And then we go find a bunch of eggs and talk about the Easter bunny and our <laughs> chocolate. But like, dude, like we forget. The God of the universe, you know, and I know the Trinity is confusing, and I get it, but like <laughs> God Himself manifests as as a man, mm-hmm. and lets Himself be beaten. I mean, I, 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 we mentioned before, guys, that like John really shows us who Jesus is, not only theologically, but he gets into like the personality, the character of God. Yeah. Then that's Pilate what they even took said on the Jesus Bible project they were trying him. to do here. Yeah. And Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. That's the personality of God. That's how loving and gracious and, and, and patient that he is with us. That he was willing to let us. We are nothing, guys. And, and Jesus allowed himself to be flogged. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing uh, when you really think about it. But it did have to be extra confusing to those who believed that he was who he said he was um, to see this happening, for him to be letting this happen. Because, as we discussed, they didn't get it. He told them for a long time that this was coming. Um, and they just didn't grasp it and didn't grasp it. So now that they're seeing this happen, I'm sure that they are wondering, you know, second-guessing things, wondering what's going on, you know. In the details, man. Like this purple robe. I mean, he just got flogged, right? He's he's bleeding, and 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 imagine as that blood like dries, and like they and, and they like rip it off of him, and they're and they're mocking, like they're yeah. mocking God. They they're making fun of of God, and he allow again the patience of God is just, I I I can't understand it, guys. Yeah, I mean, the very beginning of this is honestly. As, as much as Jesus went through and as much as we've read and we've even seen in so many different depictions and the passion and all this different stuff, um, this, where it begins, where they're um, mocking him and they're putting the thorns on his head and they're casting lots for his clothes and they're just being so angry 
like viscerally evil towards him and mocking him so much. That is one of them that gets me the most for some yeah. reason to see them treating yes. him this way. Yes. It always like puts a lump in my throat. Because like, I think I think hurts. we understand a little bit like because we look at at this stuff theologically. We we take the blood out of it and just kind of look at how things work. We're like, okay, so like. Jesus had to, had to go through this pain to take our pain. And like we see this mathematical equation and how this all works and that's fine. You know, and we, we see it very sterile sometimes. Yeah. But, but then where does it come into the equation for, for him to get spit on? Right. Like where, where, does, that, where does that work mathematically? Mm-hmm. Where does that work into your theology yeah. that, that God deserved that? Where does it work with, with them ripping off the, the, the ropes? You know what? The crucifixion itself, like... What about this beating before beforehand? I mean, where does that where does that come into play? Isn't the crucifixion enough? Yeah, uh, I mean, honestly, I I don't I don't think it is. I think that's why, and I'm sure that's where you're alluding to. Like, yes, he's getting spit on because we deserve that. You know, as much as as hard as it is for to for us to see that or read that happening to him, he has to go through all of this, not just the crucifixion, but all of it to be able to truly pay for for what we deserve. Um, and I think that's one of the best things that you can do as you're reading through this is imagine everything that's happening to him. You deserve that. So that should be happening to you because of who you, you know, who our sin and yeah. our, and who we are. So, um, yeah, unfortunately well, Bill, he does. Bill, let me, let me boost this for you. I mean, this is a little scary, but hear me out. All right. <laughs> God could have come up with another plan. Mm-hmm. So keep in mind, this plan that God has, that he atones for our sin, God could have done something different if he had decided to. Yeah. He, God, could, God could have said, don't worry about it, I'll just forgive you. Or don't worry about it, there's nothing you can do. I, I, I won't forgive you for, to, to save your life at all. You yeah. know, he, he could have devised any plan. So this plan that God makes is, is hit, again, it shows his character. Mm-hmm. He, this, do you think that God is powerless? Do you think that God, like, this is the only choice that I have. Mm-hmm. The only way that I can possibly forgive your sins is that I die for you and I take your punishment. No, yeah. he came up with that plan. And again, as we look at God's personality, look at who God is, mm-hmm. he decided to do this. That shows me that he is a sacrificial God, that he loves us enough to connect with our pain, Mm -hmm. that he loves us enough to die for us, to show us who he is. Chapter 19 is who Jesus is. Yeah. He is that he would do anything for us, even if he didn't have to, just to show us his character. I, I am utterly amazed by Jesus. And it, and it breaks my heart to see the evil that we are, because we put him through all these things. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, some folks will will talk about well, well, who was it that was you know really responsible for crucifying Jesus? You know, well, you know, it was the Roman soldier that uh, that dri- drove the spikes through his hands. You know, okay, so it's the Romans' fault that he was crucified, or it was you know the the chief priests and officials of the Jews. You know that um, you know they they brought. Jesus up to uh, to Pilate, you know, and they were the ones shout, uh, shouting crucify him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, is it in Hebrews where it talks about how, you know, for the joy set before him, uh, you know, Jesus endured the cross, you know, he did that willingly. And, you know, yeah. it, it was always uh, Father God's plan that Jesus would take our place, um, you know, and pay that price willfully uh, to reconcile us to the father 
And uh, you know, one of the one of the great memories that I have from you know going to Sunday school, you know, as a, as a kindergartner or first grader, you know, was uh, you know the guy in this uh, this Baptist Sunday school, you know, trying to um, communicate, you know, about that uh, that substitutionary act that Jesus performed for us. And, uh, you know, this was back in the day when, you know, spanking was very normal, you know, and socially acceptable. Um, you know, so he was saying, you know, uh, you know, just a real, a real uh, simple example, you know, well, you know, when you do something wrong, you know, your parents will spank you. Um, well, Jesus was kind of like your brother, you know, that, that went to your father and said, Dad, let me take the spanking for my little brother mm-hmm. instead. And, you know, it's, it's very simplistic, um, you know, for, for a kindergartner, first grader. You know, it does paint that picture. Um, and, uh, you know, the funny thing was I can remember, you know, there was some time my brother did something dumb, you know, <laughs> later on down the line. And I tried, I tried that, <laughs> you know, and it didn't quite work uh, for my brother, you know, the way that it worked for us uh, and Father God. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, Jesus, uh, you know, not my will, but thy will mm-hmm. be done. Yeah. Yeah. And let me throw this out there. This is a little bit off the subject, but every time that I go through this, this, this section here of this, um, what happened to Jesus here, uh, I always feel bad for Pilate. Like, has anybody ever felt bad for Pilate before? I know he's making these decisions, but... If you look at it, like, he's not a part of this faith. He's right, not a part right. of this religion. He's just a guy that's there. And then all of a sudden this, and I'm sure he's heard of Jesus, but sure. probably not a whole lot. Sure. Probably doesn't understand really what's going on with it. But um, this is brought to him all of a sudden, and it's intense and extremely important. And all of a sudden he's coming from zero basically knowledge of this situation, and he's feeling this pressure, like, I've got to make this call. And he's talking to Jesus, and you can tell that he's like, "I don't want to do this to you. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know who you are, but you seem to be a good person who is who they say they are. Like, I don't want to do this to you." But then he just keeps putting, get, getting put back in this. I mean, that's why he comes back, and then he goes back out, and comes back, and goes back out, and offers all these different solutions. Um, I always feel kind of bad for the guy because he's trying everything he can to not not do this. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And also we're looking at it. <laughs> so, no, we also look at it from our culture and, and our time. Yeah. You know, like, because, I mean, imagine, imagine today in, in our political world, if, if someone was, was rising up and, you know, kind of taking, not, not that Jesus was taking over, but again, the mis, you know, the, the, the misperception of who he was. Not only did his disciples think that he was going to be some kind of earthly king, the the political world was was seeing that too. And this is probably the first time Pilate is really being introduced into this this fear of like this guy is going to try to take my job, you know. So so they have this going on, and the Jews are are pushing this on Pilate to where he's got a tough situation. Is he's got a riot going on, mm-hmm. and and things are a little bit more violent in his day. If if Pilate doesn't get in control of this, it might be his head, like maybe even literally. Yeah, yeah. That was the one thing that uh, you know in reading this, um, being being somewhat familiar with the story, you know, as we all are, that was the one thing that really was kind of ringing out for me was just about the the, the social and political um, 
you know, kind of uh, climate, yeah. you know, at that time, because uh, from what I understand, you know, the the, f- the folks that were uh, the high priests and those religious leaders were actually kind of appointees from from Rome. Yes. You know, and, uh, you know, here right here in verse 12, um, where it says, from then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, if you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes yeah, Caesar. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, on one hand, you have the, 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 the Jewish officials, you know, the religious leaders in, the, uh, in Jerusalem. You know, you've got uh, Pilate over here who's kind of the, the governor, the, the Roman overseer. And each one of them has kind of a status quo you know, to, to maintain, Yes. you know, the, the, the Roman folks are kind of entrusting these Jewish, uh, leaders, you know, keep your people in line, you know, and, uh, you know, you guys will be okay. You, you'll be secure in your position, you know, and as long as you're secure in your position, I'll be secure in my position and we can, you know, work this thing together because as soon as, you know, Pilate is out, they're going to have to bring in another, uh, you know, Roman governor or whatever, who's yeah. going to want to, uh, you know, set up his own plan and set up his own deal in the city. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I don't know if we're ready to get into, uh, you know, application yet, Go for it. but, uh, you know, that's the one thing that I was, um, seeing, you know, how would I apply, you know, uh, this stuff to my life and just this idea of maintaining a status quo, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm looking, I'm looking at all the players, you know, in this scenario, you know, how, how does this apply to me? Yeah. You know, where, you know, am I pilot? Am I, am I ever acting like pilot in this situation? Mm-hmm. Am I ever acting like the Jewish leaders in this situation? You know, am I, am I like Jesus in sometimes where I'm feeling persecuted, you know, by those around me or circumstances and, you know, just that idea of the way the Jewish leaders were trying to maintain a status quo, uh, not upset the apple cart and, and maintain control, you know, maintain their place of power and influence, you know, it just makes me think of me in my life. You know, when, when Jesus comes to me, the reality of Jesus confronts me in my life, in my circumstances, you know, and it's like, Am I acting like the, 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 the Jewish officials there trying to maintain my, my way, you know, my status quo? And, uh, you know, s- some, some days, you know, I do better than others, yeah. you know, but there are plenty of times where I'm like, get this Jesus out of here. You know, I just want to, you know, keep my life the way that I've kept it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, when you talk, when you speak application too, I, I think, um, because I'm glad you mentioned. Because it sounds sounds weird when you say this. Like, am I Jesus in this story? Because we're like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> take a time out, right? But I'm glad you mentioned that because that's something that <laughs> like the in the '90s, like the WWJD bracelets, right? <laughs> like sometimes we have to think about what would Jesus do. Mm-hmm. And and when you look at what Jesus does in the story, no, we're not going to die for the sins of mankind. Mm-hmm. But but think about how how do we act? Uh, do we live sacrificially? Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when God shows us his character and, and, and we're to, supposed to try to, to be righteous, we're trying to, to cop, copy, you know, for, to some extent, how Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And man, am, am I the type that sacrifices? Am I, am I the type that 
will even go through physical pain to help someone else or financial pain mm -hmm. to help someone else. Someone else like how much will I sacrifice to help others? Mm -hmm. I, am I am I a Christian in, in words or am I a Christian in deeds? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how Christ like am I? I think those are those are tough questions to answer. But we, but we should be looking at Jesus and seeing how we can act like Jesus. Yeah. And I have, you know, as we read these things, we each week we talk about, um, you know, and I always ask, like, what stood out to you? Um, and I have two things that, that stood out to me that are what I always say I feel like is my place on this podcast is for anybody that's new, something that might seem kind of like weird or confusing sure. that we just usually kind of gloss over and don't, don't touch on. But they're leading to Jesus' sacrifice for us. So mm -hmm. bear with me for a minute. Yeah. Um, but the first one that stood out to me was I've always wondered, like, everywhere in the scripture when they talk about wine, they talk about wine. Mm -hmm. But here when Jesus is on the cross, they talk about giving him sour wine. And I was like, what is the difference there? So I looked it up and did a little bit of study on it. And it's very simple. It's just that sour wine, it wasn't like the high-quality great wine that someone with money would have. It was right. a very cheap quality of wine that was kind of a vinegar-based kind of wine. Um, and it was cheap, and it was probably most likely there for the soldiers to quench their thirst through this time. And then because of everything that Jesus had gone through, he was literally thirsty because he was a man, he was in a body, and you know how it feels when you get thirsty, especially if you've gone through all this with fluid loss and everything. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people want to tie things into it, but literally the, the basis that I read was just that they dipped a sponge in the cheap wine that they had there for yeah, the soldiers. And I think that there's some kind of medicinal thirsty. purpose kind of too, or something like, like they, it could they ease touched the pain. on that. They touched yeah. on that. Um, but they said that um, it likely wasn't for that for him at the time and it was just a sip as well and as soon right. as he took the sip he, he said it is finished kind of thing so it didn't even really have time from what i was reading to really do much no. and it just a sip wouldn't have had enough in it to dull any kind of pain from everything that he had gone right. through but either way that's what it was is just um a wine for thirst but it, the sour wine i was like what is that yeah, is that something yeah, special thing whatever so anyway that ties into the other question that i had and I've heard it before, but I wanted to study it again today. Why did blood and water come out of Jesus' oh, yeah. side when he was pierced? So let me read this to you here. Um, and it goes through, and it really ties into the, the overall sacrifice that Jesus went through, everything physically that he went through right. for, for us to be able to pay for our sins. So uh, why did water and blood come out? So it says, um, the Roman flogging or scourging that Jesus endured prior to being crucified normally consisted of 39 lashes, but could have been more. Um, so one thing to do with that is they believed in that common, the common belief in that culture was that most people, if they got 40 lashes, they died from it. Yeah, that was so, like a death sentence. Yeah, yeah, so they literally, instead of saying 39 lashes, they'd say that the sentence was to be lashed 40 minus 1 lashes. Or forty less one, whatever it is, because thirty nine. And many people died from that. Yeah, and and that was as close as you could get to death without actually killing them. But some people, did, you know, many right. people did die. And this is why it says the whip that was used, called a called a flagrum, consisted of braided leather thongs with metal balls and pieces of sharp bone woven into or inter uh, intertwined with the braids. The balls added weight to the whip, causing deep bruising and contusions of the victim as they were struck. And the pieces of bone served to cut into the flesh. As the beating continued, the resulting cuts were so severe that the skeletal muscles, underlying veins, sinews, and bowels of the victims were exposed. Yeah. This beating was so severe that at times victims would not survive it in order to go on to be crucified. Yeah. Those who were flogged would often go into hypovolemic shock, 
um, if I'm saying that correctly, uh, a term that refers to low blood volume. In other words, the person would have lost so much blood that he would go into shock, and the results of this would be, one, the heart would race to pump blood that was not there. Um, two, the victim would collapse or faint due to low blood pressure. Three, the kidneys would shut down to preserve body fluids. And four, the person would experience extreme thirst as the body desired to replenish those fluids that had been lost. It says, this is, uh, there's evidence from scripture that Jesus experienced hypovolemic shock as a result of being flogged. As Jesus carried his own cross to Golgotha, he collapsed and a man named Simon was forced to either carry the cross or help Jesus carry the cross the rest of the way to the hill. This collapse uh, indicates that Jesus possibly had low blood pressure, and that's why he collapsed. Uh, no, another indicator that Jesus suffered from hypovolemic shock was that he declared he was thirsty as he was hung on the cross, indicating, indicating his body's desire to replenish fluids. Mm. Um, prior to death, the sustained rapid heartbeat causing, uh, caused by hypovolemic shock also caused fluids to gather in the sac around the heart and around the lungs. This gathering of fluid in the membrane around the heart is called pericardial effusion, and the fluid gathering around the lungs is called pleural effusion. This explains why after Jesus died and a Roman soldier thrust a spear through Jesus' side, piercing both the lungs and the heart, blood and water came from his side, yeah. just as John recorded in his gospel. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why they, they describe that, this again, the, the, you, you just read the science behind it, but yeah. the whole thing is showing that he died. Because yeah. you, you know yep. that... That's still the biggest problem that, that atheists and such have with Jesus. He's like, come on, dude. Did he really rise from the dead? Are you kidding me? Maybe he just survived the crucifixion, <laughs> hung out for a few days, and he was okay. Yeah. You know, or, or you know, whatever. But when you look at that's why there's their detail of the story. You know, and you see that he was flogged. That he's lucky to have made, lucky is the wrong word, but, yeah. but it's amazing that he made that out alive from the flogging to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then the cross, you see that the detail they show is that they had to break the legs of, of the other folks being crucified. Right. So, like, if they hadn't been flogged, and, and they did that because they needed these people to die because of, of, of Sabbath and the weekend of, of Passover and all these things. Yeah, they just couldn't wait. But yeah. people could, if they didn't receive that beating, this crucifixion is, can be an excruciating death that takes days. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the reason why is to where like the readers doesn't think oh yeah, whatever he was crucified sure he just dies like in a day whatever mm-hmm. no he was beaten and and we see details of his death proof proof of his death yeah that that we that we see that that's something that has to be clear in this chapter um, Jesus died yeah and I think that's the reason why and and when we talk about science and stuff and the in the ways that he died. Yes, we see what you just talked about with the blood pressure and just such severe blood loss. We know the oxygen matters to keep you alive, right? right. And, and blood is how oxygen gets, gets through you. Another part, obviously, is breathing. Yeah. Now, imagine how this actually works. You have this splintery pole, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that your arms are spread wide on this thing. And so the nails would probably be, one nail probably goes between both feet mm-hmm. and you're like on like a pedestal kind of thing to where if you hang, I wish that people could see like I'm trying <laughs> making you know movements like I always do. But if you hang from it, that stretches your arms out really wide to where you can't breathe. Yeah. Right. It's pressure on your chest. Yeah. So, so what happens is to be able to breathe, your legs have to push up the cross. Mm-hmm. So that's the, and you just got beaten. 
your back is raw. Like you talked about, you're like your bowels are hanging out of your back. Yeah. And 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 to be able to breathe, you push yourself up this cross. Mm-hmm. All this stuff rubbing on all the all the open wounds, and you get you're getting splinters inside of your bowels. I mean, imagine this. Yeah. And so, he he pushes himself up to go. <gasps> yeah. Right. And then he comes back down, you know, to, to just to be able to breathe. And and, he, and part of this beating, they beat your legs mm-hmm. to where his your legs. Imagine he's shaking, he's weak, yeah, and trying to to push on his legs just to breathe. And then as he comes back down, his his chest is opened up again, and, and he he he, he ha- every breath he has to push up, or he has to try to to continue to push up. But his legs are so badly beaten, yeah, and that's the reason why they broke. The legs of the of the the, the sinners next to him. Yeah. So they because if they break their legs, then they then they will asphyxiate themselves. Yeah, like they, they can't suffocate. breathe anymore. Yeah. So this is guys. This is brutal stuff. I mean, yeah. Jesus is beaten and he's going up and down this cross to try to breathe, and then they when they go to break his legs, they're like, no, this guy's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And guys, you know, listening. Typically, we try not to go in too much detail. We try to focus on the bigger picture, but. I've found, at least for my own understanding and my own connection with what Jesus really did for us, going into these types of details yeah. for this situation with the crucifixion, or the crucifixion and everything that he went through leading up to it, it just really drives home to me um, the sacrifice that he made for us, what he really went through. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, he had to have been supernaturally extended so that he could pay an even larger price for us because you talk about the beating and the pain in his legs, but then after that, he had to carry this humongous cross all the way through the city and up a humongous hill before he was standing there nailed to the cross and trying to lift himself up and breathe. So, yeah. you know, even more energy and pain and all that kind of stuff had been, been put through, his yeah. body had been put through that. So, um, you know, I, like I said, usually we don't focus on details, but I think these are details that it's important to focus on for for some people, including myself, to really grasp what Jesus did for us. Because we do. We talk about this a lot where we've heard this growing up. We've heard this through our whole life if you grew up around faith at all, around the Christian faith. You've heard this story a lot of times, so it becomes kind of like, yes, Jesus went through this stuff, and man, what a sacrifice. But when you really get down and break out what it was he went through— um, that makes it fresh again. I think it's also important to look at what Jesus didn't do. Jesus, when you back up a few chapters, mm-hmm. when, and again, I'm pretty sure it's Peter, when Jesus <laughs> is arrested and probably Peter, you know, tries to chop off guy's head, misses and gets his ear. They don't start a revolution at that point. Jesus doesn't say, all right, guys, it's time. Let's go charge Rome. Jesus heals his enemy's ear. Mm-hmm. He's taken into custody. God, who could have called a legion of angels, he could have f- forget a, a war, you know, with people. He could have he could have had a war with. A- could you imagine? He could have had angels come down, and he could have just taken over the planet right now. Boom. Yeah. Right. And 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 people would have been on <laughs> on team Jesus. Right. It, it would have been considered biblical. Right? It would have been fine. People have been like, yes, all right. Mm-hmm. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus sacrifices himself. He he's ridiculously peaceful. Mm-hmm. That he, he what Jesus does here should make us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because it it just it doesn't feel logical. It's it, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
I mean, and, that, and that's we've talked about the song "Reckless Love" before, and how people argue about the, the usage of calling it reckless because God's not reckless, right? But like from our perspective, not from God's perspective, this feels reckless. Mm-hmm. G- G- are you kidding me? The the God of the universe does this yeah. and, and and lets himself be beaten and executed without putting up a fight. Yeah, and you talk about what what Jesus what he didn't do as well. Um, Think about if you're put in a position where you know yes. that you're about to go through this, yes. this much pain, this much suffering, and, and it's going to end in your death. Um, when Pilate is asking him these questions and he remains silent, do you know how much every fiber of your being has to be screaming, say something, <laughs> explain yeah. yourself, say who you are, save yourself. But you talk about uh, submission to the will of God and obedience to the will of God for this to be done. Um, to just sit there silent in that midst, like that's that's crazy to me. For sure, and uh, you know, it, it's I, I'm reminded of, you know, that moment when you know Jesus is baptized by John, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, alights on him like a dove, and immediately the Spirit takes him out into the wilderness. You know, he's fasting forty days, and then he's tempted by the devil. Mm-hmm. You know, are you hungry, Jesus? <laughs> It's only been 40 days. Yeah. You know, if you were the son of God, Jesus had just heard, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, right? And the first first thing, you know, Satan says, if you're the son of God, you know, you could turn that stone to bread, you know? And uh, if you're the son of God, you know, you could jump off the top of the temple and these angels would, uh, you know, prevent you from harming yourself, you know? Um, so right there immediately... You know, Jesus was tested and tempted mm-hmm. to use the the Holy Spirit power that he had been empowered with for his own selfish purposes, mm-hmm. right? To make himself comfortable, Yeah. you know, um, because... I never Sat- connected to, that's good. Satan mm-hmm. was probing, you know, for any kind of sense of insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so, so that was that was almost like a test run. Yeah, if you will, for gonna, Jesus to say, to almost. deny himself, you know that uh, that comfort and um, wow. overcome. Yeah, almost like the fleshly side of him was being trained through that for this moment. That reminds me of something that you mentioned the the word the Son of God mm-hmm. words. Uh, that that's mm-hmm. something that as I've been reading through John, like it, it confused me. I'm like, okay, what what does that mean? Could we see Son of Man, Son of God? And, and I learned some things that through language, it's that um, we see in Scripture. Um, when you see the son, there there are times when we see the words like the son of in scripture that we don't see that in our Bibles because of the way that it's translated. So it so in this context, it doesn't mean like like you know we're all children of God, right? But we're not all sons of God. the The way this is written is different. Son of a son of God is is when you're saying you are of something, like you share the same essence. Um, and so there. I wish I still had it in front of me, but there, yeah. Thank you, Brent. See, Brent showed me because I, because I, I texted, I was amazed by this. I texted these guys, this stuff and like, crud, where was it? Uh, I'll read you a, a couple verses. Genesis five thirty two says, literally Noah was a son of 500 years. Now in English, that wouldn't make any sense. But see, so he was 500 years old, mm-hmm. you know, and Deuteronomy 25, two says, a son of stripes, but it means a man who deserves to be to be beaten. So, son of stripes, someone who deserves a stripe, so, someone who is to be beaten. Mm-hmm. So, 
the, the word son of means more than what we think of in our context. Yeah. So it would, it, it really means that, that Jesus is claiming that he is God. He is of, of the same essence of God. So the, those are, we, we have more divine claims in here than we, than we see in English sometimes. Yeah. Well, guys, we're at uh, about the 40-minute mark, so we're going to go ahead and wrap up if you guys are okay with that, unless you have anything else really weighing on your mind that you feel like you need to share today. Um, all right. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and finish up with that then. I'll go ahead and pray us out. Um, so just bow your heads, guys. Father, we just thank you. Um, just thank you for who you are. Something that we honestly until you decide that we will know, we'll probably never truly be able to understand and grasp yeah. who you are and what you've done for us, how much we don't deserve um, the things that, that you have done, that Jesus has done for us, the sacrifice that was made on our behalf because of the love that you have for us. I just ask that we, uh, especially as we are in April now, we're heading into the Easter season, um, that this conversation that we had today be a part of people truly opening up and remembering as much as we can about the sacrifice that you made for us so that people can really, really recognize um, who you are and how far you're willing to go for us. Uh, God, we just, it's amazing what you've done and when the revelation hits us of who you are and then how simple it is for us to accept the gift that you've given it's just, it's insane, God, your, your love and your sacrifice for us. Uh, just thank you for my brothers being here today um, for this conversation, for where you've taken us, where your spirit has taken us today. And just ask that this bless people as they hear it. Yes. Um, and that, that you're just, that you're with them and that you're continuing to grow thank in them, God. Lord. We thank you for the ability to be here and have this conversation, for the, for the fact that we're able to do this each week, to study your word and to try to grow in more of who you are and try to help others have more of an understanding of who you are. It is a true, true blessing to be a part of, of something like this. So, God, we just thank you. Thanks, God. Um, but above all, we just love you. We hope that we can continue to, to grow in you and understand more of who you are um, and to really, really understand your sacrifice for us, God. We love you, and we are forever grateful and thankful especially because of how undeserving we are of it, God. So we just thank you and we lift you up. And in your name we pray, amen. Amen. Um, guys, we just uh, thank you for listening, as always. Uh, I know that today was a bit of a heavier podcast than we normally get yeah. into, um, but that's just the nature of what it is that we are in our uh, chapter day reading. So um, speaking of the chapter day reading, if you are following along with us, we thank you. If you're not and you would like to, um, some resources that you can go to to find out where we are because uh, each each Tuesday uh, we do this podcast and we are literally on the reading of the day on that Tuesday um, so if you want to go and find out we make reading bookmarks that we post on our website which is uh, our, for the church which is www.myelevationcc.org uh, and I'm posting uh, last week's and this week's reading schedule each week now so that you can see where we are and it's easy to get caught up and, um, and reference because it can get a little confusing if you spend a couple days away and you're like wait a minute where were we I have people I text that. me all the time <laughs> saying where are we at in the reading again I, I got lost so um, we post it on our uh, website on the homepage uh, we're also trying to put it out on our Facebook page and um, it's also if you're coming to church here on Sunday mornings 
we put it uh, conveniently on the welcome card that we hand out when you come in so that you can take that home with you and have that as a reference point as well. But um, we just thank you guys for listening again, uh, for joining us in these conversations. And we do always truly hope that this is something that helps you along your path, uh, along your journey in faith, and um, is truly making an impact and, weekly and can in I throw life. one more thing out with Yeah, this? absolutely. Soak in this, in this chapter 19 mm-hmm. today, on Tuesday, right? Soak in it for a minute. But Wednesday, tomorrow, <laughs> soak in that resurrection, man. Yeah. Because the story's not the story's not over. That's right. And, and we and we see more. We see how he appears to where it's not just a story of like he 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 arose. It, it, it continues, and then we're going to move on into Acts very soon, mm-hmm. and, and we're going to start seeing like Luke two, right? It's like <laughs> the second book of Luke, and we're going to see what happens after this resurrection. So this is the tough part, right? Yeah. To soak in this darkness, to soak in what this means. But guys, it gets better. Yeah, it gets better. Absolutely. Amen. All right. Well, Bill, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Michael, as always, thank you so much. Love you all. Um, And you guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Uh, And until we talk to you next week, just go out there, show the light of God to the world as much as you can. Be Jesus to others, and we will talk to you next time.